You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. Do you like the Drake? I love the Drake. Hello everyone, welcome to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast will take a chronological look at the third Robin, Tim Drake. We will be looking at the classic 90s 2000 Robin series and other notable comics with Tim in that era, while also simultaneously taking a look at Tim in the modern era as Red Robin in the pages of DC Comics, plus other Robin and Batman happenings in the world. So sit back, relax, and find out why everyone loves the Drake. Good for them. Love the Drake. Got to love the Drake. I'm impressed. What can I say? I'm irresistible. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this special edition of Robin Everyone Loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast is brought to you by thebatmanuniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and, of course, Robin. Uh, We're partnered with thebatmanuniverse.net podcasting network and we're also partnered with batman on films podcast network entitled batmanpodcastnetwork.com so go check out both podcast networks there's plenty of shows over there that if you like batman or robin or somebody from australia talking about batman uh (laughs) we have it all covered through two different podcast networks and a big thank you to dustin at the batmanuniverse.net for hosting this show properly you can get a hold of us a few different ways through all social media outlets through facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake Twitter at ELTD podcast. And as I have been saying, use the hashtag ELTD theater that I've been using the past five months to put this whole thing together. And that'll help us as you're commenting on Twitter to kind of be able to get all the comments in one section. Cause we do want to do a listener feedback section of the radio drama. And I'm sure we will probably have uh, quite a few come in. Uh, we're also on Instagram, obviously at Robin Everyone Loves the Drake. You can email the show at Robin ELTD Podcast at Yahoo.com. If you want to do something a little extra, you can record something and send us an audio clip and we will insert it into our discussion episode for the radio drama. So again, you can email that to us at Robin ELTD Podcast at Yahoo.com and check out our YouTube channel, Robin Everyone Loves the Drake. I am your host, Rob Myers. Welcome to episode 73. This is kind of different for us at the podcast. Usually you get two episodes a month from us, uh, generally depending on our schedule. Uh, this month you are getting four episodes in a month. So then we're going to take a month off. No, we'll, we'll try and get right back at it again. Uh, but for our third episode this month, it is chapter three of A Lonely Place of Living. And we will be looking at Detective Comics 967. So again, once the radio drama is over, stay tuned for the discussion portion uh, from Terrence and I as we will talk about this issue. Again, not much to say. This is all about the radio drama. So let's just get right into Chapter 3 of A Lonely Place of Living. Here we go. Chapter 3. In the Batcave, Bruce Wayne is replaying the final moments of Red Robin over and over again before he disappears, looking for something he missed that might give him a clue to the whereabouts of his young partner when Alfred walks in. Play again. Okay. Okay. Okay, Bat Drones. Let's dance. Play again. Okay. Okay. Okay, bat drones. Let's dance. Play again. 
Master Bruce, you need to sleep even just a few hours. I'm getting ready to pull out one of Dr. Crane's more narcotic gases from the laboratory if you continue like this. I've lost too much time already, and the answers are not coming fast enough. Something... someone wanted to make sure that I wouldn't suspect anything. It was a targeted ploy. Ever since Damien, I've made sure that I follow every thread. The Broken Wing Protocol. I spent a week and a half studying Tim's remains, examining every angle, but I only saw what I was meant to see. It's clear now, more than ever, that it was deliberate. Whatever took him knew exactly how to pass every one of my tests. I wish more than anything that I could say that I suspected foul play. That I saw this coming, but I didn't, Alfred. I buried ashes in my family plot. We had a funeral, for God's sake. And all the time he's been out there, lost and trapped, knowing that at the end of the day, his mentor was one of the world's greatest detectives on the planet. He knew I was coming. I wasn't! And I can't stop until I bring him home. Sir! Just another couple hours. I'll get some sleep before noon, I swear. No. The distress beacon. Master Timothy's costume. It just activated. Here in Gotham? Seconds later, Batman is racing across the streets of Gotham City in the Batmobile towards Red Robin's location. The emergency room, three buildings down. races up the back sewer of the hospital, all while getting out of the Batsuit before he reaches the top. He's out of costume, you'll need to... I know, I have the backup. Tim Drake is being rushed into the hospital, unconscious. How did he get in here? Walked in the front door just a few minutes ago before passing out in the lobby. Why is he in workout gear? You'll have to ask him. It seems like he's been given a near-fatal electric shock. Son? Son, can you hear me? He's going into cardiac arrest. Get the paddles. Clear. Charge again. Clear. I think he's going to be okay. Good. You can't be back here, Mr... Wayne. Bruce Wayne. The boy is Timothy Jackson Drake. I'm his legal guardian. And I own this hospital. You're going to leave the room now. Bruce? Bruce can hardly believe his eyes. It's Tim. His long-lost son is alive, and right in front of him, he races to Tim's side and hugs him. His son is home, but before they revel in the moment, Tim speaks. Tim, I'm sorry. Hi. I can't. (coughs) Don't get up. Save your strength. I have to. Bruce, I didn't come back alone. We have to prepare. Where is Kate? Where's Batwoman? Meanwhile, in another part of Gotham City, Kate Kane is having lunch with Bet Kane. Look, I'm just going to come out and say it because you are terrible at small talk. You look happier than I think I've ever seen in your life. Like, maybe when you were at school, maybe. But this is different. You seem comfortable. You seem confident. Bet. No. I mean it, if this was how it was going to go, you should have gone all in with the Bat family ages ago. Volume. Sorry, I'm just excited. It's not like I can talk about this with anybody up at West Point. Look, I got in a night earlier than I told you because I wanted to watch. I saw your team in action taking down that drug ring, and I wanted Miss Lambert. I told you that if you wanted to be a part of this life... That I needed the same kind of training as you? And look at me, in training, and freaking good at it too. Kate, come on. I passed my second year in exams in the 99th percentile of my class. Do better, then maybe I'll pass a good word on to Batman. That's not fair! Kate, are you listening to me? I'm sorry. Something's happening. I I have to go. Stay in uniform, not in costume. That's an order, soldier. Sir, yes, sir. 
Sometime later, Batwoman arrives at the Belfry to see the whole team present, including Red Robin. What is going on in... You're going to have to see for yourself. Tim? Hey, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> I missed you too, Cassandra. It's good to see you again, Tim. You too, Jean-Paul. Let's get started. Okay, I'm going to need you to take everything I say at face value. We don't have time to deal with implausibility. Says the zombie to the clay monster. No! You're no monster! A highly dangerous future version of myself is in Gotham City. In his future, he was forced to take up the mantle of Batman, and he is not happy about it. He believes he can prevent the future here in the present by killing the person who sent his future in motion. He's here to kill Batwoman. How personally should I be taking this? I know. Apparently in his timeline, you do something in the near future that essentially creates his world. It's a lot to take in all at once, but... Oh, I should hold off another minute and wait till she gets here. Spoiler. She's on her way, right? That evening, Spoiler arrives home and slips through the window towards her computers. She plays the latest broadcast from GNN. Hey, Dad. How's your night going? Still dead? Yeah, thought so. What is starting to feel like a coordinated terrorist attack culminated in the deployment of nerve gas in the Logenban capital this morning. Superman was on site, dispersing the attack and attempting to force the leaders of the Civil War to make peace. But our reporters are telling us the Theta situation is escalating. Oh, God. And we have confirmation from Maggie Sawyer with the Metropolis Special Crimes Unit that 14 nerve gas canisters were found in the city shortly after the terrorist hijacking of the Daily Planet. We'll have more on that story in a few minutes, but after the break, we catch up with Gotham's newest eligible bachelor, Richard Grayson, and ask him about his on-again, off-again, fiery redhead companion. I'm sorry, Stephanie. I wish I would have listened. But now I'll put things right. Wait, what? Who's there? Hello? Back at the Belfry, Batwoman finds herself in a containment cell. I don't like the idea of staying put in a cage. I'm not a child who needs protecting. Trust me, Kate, I know. Which means he'll know that, too. He'll count on you coming right for him the second you know his target. A few hours ago, I saw him hold his own against Doomsday. I don't mean to be blunt, but I promise you that he could kill you one by one if we don't prepare. This is like all the worst parts of me in one person, with two decades more intelligence and experience. Sounds charming. I'd say you should meet the guy, but I'm literally redesigning the blast door shield so that never happens. And then, bolstering that will have Orphan, Clayface, and Azrael, one of the knights in every room. Knights? <laughs> That's what I've always called the team in my head, the Gotham Knights. Did I never say that out loud? What have you guys been calling yourselves all this time I've been gone? She just calls it... The Team. What's wrong with The Team? God, you really are Batman's cousin, aren't you? You know, the second time I came to this place, I asked them what they called themselves, and none of them had a damn clue. Hell, I built a round table upstairs. I know. Found it. Man, this whole building is a work of art. If we're all not dead by tomorrow, let's make sure we chat. I'm a dream of getting to run some specs with you. I'd love that, Luke. I'm glad they brought you on board. As for what brought me here, I think I might be able to check this dude's temporal energy. But there are still a few Belfry subroutines I can't crack open with you gone. Lost three computers trying. Yeah, I left a few nanograms on the system after my data center was compromised. But I can give you the magic cookies. That'll give you access to everything. I refuse to believe that some of those are real words. Yes. Red Robin leaves the room as the team discuss the next step and finds Batman looking out the giant belfry windows. Any traces? The others are getting into the city now. If we've got Batwoman protected here, then this is where he'll need to go. 
I thought he'd be here already. I've been bracing for it. As someone who's lost a lot in my life, if I were given a chance to see my world before it all turned dark, I wouldn't race to throw it all away. I would take the moment to see everything I've lost and revel in it. What do you think that is? I mean, it could be anything. We're talking about two decades of missing time, and beyond that, his time was already different. He talked about a friend that I should have, someone named Connor, and I feel that name tugging on my heart, but I don't know why. If you felt lost in a world that was so different, but so very much the same, where would you go? I'd go to the only place that ever felt like home. Alfred Pennyworth is attending to the greenhouse when a familiar-looking guest arrives. Hello, Alfred. You? You're... You're not Master Wayne? No, Alfred, it's me. It's Tim. Oh, oh, my boy, my... My dear boy, what has happened to you? Your... Tim is okay. He's with Bruce. I'm from a few decades further down the road. I never thought it would be you. Never thought that you would have to bear the weight of the cowl. Me neither, Alfred. Me neither. I... I need to ask you something. Yes? If there was something I could do, something that would free me from ever having to become Batman, something terrible, really terrible, Should I do it? Master Timothy, what are you going to do? He's going back to when he belongs. Just then, the Robins appear. Nightwing, Red Hood, and Damian Wayne. Robin, refraction. And we're here to make sure he doesn't get lost on the way. You're all so young and stupid. I used to be so afraid of measuring up to each of you. You were always so stronger than me, each in different ways. But you never measured up to where it counts. I've been fighting training programs based on each of you in your prime for nearly 15 years. You lost this battle the second you decided to engage me. Alfred, now would be a good time to run. I need to work out a few chips off my shoulder. In the midst of the skirmish, Alfred races down to the back of you, sending a distress call. Computer. Computer, this is Penny One. I need an all-points bullet. Cannot comply. Override! Blue Rose! Minutes later, Batmobile arrives as Red Robin and Batman jump out ready for action. Alfred, what's wrong? Master Timothy, the older Master Timothy, I should say, he got to the computer. He's facing the others upstairs. Is that so? The ceiling collapses, with the defeated Robins falling through from above. Right behind them is Tim Drake Batman, as the others rise to their feet. You don't need to do this, Tim. You're good, but you can't beat the real Batman and all four Robins at the same time. I don't care how smart you are. This place meant something to you once. Not just Batman, the entire Bat family. You're only here because you're reaching out to it again. We can help you. We can work through this, whatever it is you're going through. You think I'd risk coming to the Batcave to tie up some residual emotions for a life I lost decades ago? I was really just a naive child. I came here because the Batcomputer is connected to a half-built program that helped me create my future. You won't finish it for a while yet, Bruce, but I spent years perfecting it. It doesn't even need a satellite in my time. I can run it through my suit. Bruce, what the hell did you start building? No. Without hesitation, Tim Drake's Batman activates a program on the back computer. Here, let me show you. Activate. Brother I is now online. Trekker Talk.
a fan podcast devoted to the adventures of 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the pages of Trekker Comics by writer and artist Ron Randall. I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth. Please join us as we discuss the stories, characters, and art in this excellent retro sci-fi adventure series. Special episodes feature interviews with Ron Randall himself discussing Trekker and his other comics. We hope you'll join us as we travel from the dangerous back streets of New Gallif to the depths of outer space and everywhere in between. Listen at Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit trekkertalk.com. Trekker Talk is part of the Rad Adventures Network at radadventuresnetwork.com. Movies, TV, comics, music, pop culture affidavit has it all. It's everything random in the world of popular culture, and it's all covered by me, Tom Panneries. New episodes drop monthly at twotruefreaks.com. And be sure to check out blog posts about random pop culture topics at popcultureaffidavit.com. Pop Culture Affidavit, the sworn testimony of a dork. The Long Halloween, Hush, Dark Knight Returns, The Killing Joke. These are all Batman stories that have been talked about and talked about countless times over the years. They are considered classics, and in most cases, that title is fitting. The thing is, Batman is nearly eight decades old, and whilst those stories are worth talking about, there are plenty of other Bat comics that are being a tad overlooked. And that's where we come in. Hi everybody, my name is Michael Bailey. And I'm Andrew Leyland. Andy and I decided that it was a crime that there were so many great Batman stories out there that weren't getting their due. To that end, we started a show. The Overlooked Dark Knight, a non-index index show. Our goal is to talk about the previously mentioned Overlooked stories and tell you why they're worth your time. The show comes out twice a month, with the first episode focusing on the back books from the late 70s and early 80s. We're starting with the Len Wein run and working our way forward through the books written by Jerry Conway and eventually Doug Mensch. On the second episode of the month, we'll dig into the various adventure comics that were based on the Fox Kids slash Kids WB Batman animated shows because they're really good and hardly anyone seems to remember that they exist. The show can be found at the Fortress of Bailitude Podcasting Network, which is located at www.fortressofbailitude.com. The Overlooked Dark Knight, the non-index index show. Shining a bat signal on the bat stories that no one seems to remember or care about. Because somebody has to. All right, uh, so many chapters in this, folks. <laughs> Chapter three for Lonely Place of Living is found in Detective Comics 967. This was the issue I was really kind of curious about by the front cover of this, and we haven't said it too much about the variant covers that are on here. Uh, there are some variant covers for this that I liked almost more than the uh, original cover, but for 966, the variant cover is Tim Drake Batman holding two guns. It's in like a purple hue to it. I thought that was pretty cool. The cover for this one, for 967, Tim being choked by Batman, again, when it was solicited, it was kind of hard to tell who it was. And after the issue came out, I'm like, oh, in his gauntlet, you can see Batman right there. And I'm one of the few that I like the double R. I feel like the double R, the R is get placed differently. Sometimes they're on top of each other. They're far apart. It looks like two R's outside the circle, two R's inside the circle. So I like how Barrows kind of draws them attached. I know I'm in the minority. Most people would rather have the Red Robin Bird logo on there, but I, I kind of like the two R's. But the variant cover for this one is really kind of brutal. It's the Tim Drake Batman 
It's all in black and white and red with Tim Drake Batman covered in blood and then Tim Drake Red Robin on the floor just in a bloodied mess. So I was thinking, what in the world happens in this issue? So by both of these covers, I was really intrigued of like, there must be a knockdown drag out fight between these two. And we know how covers work that they don't always like sometimes a cover is just a cover. This thing never happens in the issue. But I thought the cover was really cool. What'd you think of uh, both of these covers? Yeah, oddly enough, this was the only issue that I didn't get the variant cover, and I don't know why. I must have been busy or something that week <laughs> and and somehow just got one of them. But yeah, all the covers of this were, were great. And and like, like I said, the last issue didn't really have much Tim Drake origin. This doesn't either. It's kind of like issue one was, hey, we're setting back everything. We don't have to tell you every single thing that happened to Tim Drake because you we can give you these like little pieces. You can fill in the rest and know it's all back to the way you wanted it. And <laughs> now let's tell a, a cool story. The thing that – and I wonder how this plays out for you on the trade paperback. But the thing that kind of is a little jarring for me is that there's a change of artist. Yes. And I guess with the, the twice-a-month schedule, you see this a lot in the, the Rebirth. Um, I hate to say it because I don't want to insult Eddie Barrows. I, I actually know. think the art improves in this issue. And if flo- flo- flu, flows, flow, flu, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> but if, it flows really well because this is an action-packed story. There's a lot going on. And so I thought the art went really well with that. But there's a few – I know we're not going page by page, so I can jump around. There is a, a few – pages in this that are just amazing including spoiler jumping from the rooftop that is an amazing amazing shot and she's got like the moon in the back and her toes are pointed and her knees are bent and it's like her her head is closer to the to us so that's larger in perspective her cape is flowing in the back you've got the city with like the subway and and bats flying and it's just phenomenal you know in that let's it's probably not where you wanted to start but (laughs) she walks past a clue master suit and he's got like goggles that say like clue have we seen that in new 52 and rebirth or is that just something in there i I don't i don't think we've seen that costume before unless i'm missing it man don't don't shoot the messenger. I think a version of this suit is shown in Batman Eternal. I think the Clue Master, there's a scene, if I remember correctly, I'm not going to dig all the issues out, A, because I'm lazy, and B, we're recording. But I think in the Clue Master, when he ends up, spoilers, dying in the end of Batman Eternal, that in his hideout, there are different versions of all the suits that he's ever worn. And I want to say this is one of those suits. This was not one that he wore any time in the comics. I think it was just something that was there so that Tinian was a writer on both Eternal series. I think he might have pulled this out as an Easter egg to say, hey, this was one of the Clue Master suits that we featured in one panel in like issue 43. I'm just pulling that out of my butt because you know that went like 50, 50 issues or something like that. But I want to say that's what it is, so maybe an editor's note will pop in there. Rob found out that he's completely full of horse crap. And you were close. You were close. I've been looking it up. Oh, cool. And he was, it says, uh, Clue Master was alluded to in the final page of Batman Eternal 50, and then it was the focus in Batman Eternal 51, and it does have that that suit with the clue on the goggles. Okay. And since I never read Batman Eternal that's probably why I didn't recognize it. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that, people. But it, it, it's pretty cool. I like that. Much better than his uh, – what did he wear? Like that like handkerchief, handkerchief. over his face with like uh, glue, like sticks of glue, that right. blue tubes down his throat that look like uh, – not throat. Hello, down his chest. chest yeah. That look like uh, those old glue sticks you got at school, yeah. <laughs> right. The artist on this is Al- – I'm always so bad at pronouncing names. <laughs> the, the teacher in you ought to, ought to be reading this. It's uh, Alvaro Martinez. Oh, and- no, I'm horrible too. I'm horrible too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the front of this trade says, Borrow's artwork simply steals the show. Eddie Borrow's only drew two issues uh, <laughs> yeah. of this. Now, he did do all the covers and uh, the variant covers uh, were done. I want to say it's Jacques. It's not Jacques. It's um, – Albuquerque? Yeah. Yeah, Albuquerque had had done the variant covers. I don't think Martinez gets enough credit in this because these, again, I love Eddie Barros's art, but Martinez is is delivering in these last uh, two issues. And I don't know if you remember the new Fifty Two Nightwing series. 
that Barrows was drawing the Nightwing series. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of what happens to Eddie after a while. He gets into a project and maybe gets pulled somewhere else because he would be on point for like four or five issues. And then there's a fill-in artist, another two issues, and then there's a fill-in artist. Then before you know it, Barrows has gone off the book. So I don't know if he was working later in the detective comics run it doesn't it's not so jarring in the trade i don't know if it's just because i've been doing this radio drama for like 4 months now so I've it consumes going, you yeah it consumes me but can i ask you yeah. I, i'm going to totally interrupt your train of thought here okay. do you do you dream about the audio drama and do you have like nightmares where you like start the computer and everything's missing or anything yeah i've i've had that a little peek behind the curtain, like we always like to say, when I started getting some of the initial parts in of the drama, I would get so excited, like, oh, I'm going to try and piece this together. But I was piecing it out of sequence, so then I started losing the se- Like, where did I put that file? So I had to kind of reconstruct one whole scene, and then a day later, I found it. So then I was <laughs> having like thoughts of before I go to bed. Okay, let let me just check the computer really quick to make sure I saved all the files. So I will be glad when this is done to go. Whoo! And I like I'm yeah. hit, I'm hitting save like every two or three minutes when I make a little minuscule change, um, and I'm making sure there's no hiccups or anything like that. So yeah, I do kind of dream <laughs> of radio drama. A thing that I like here, we would talk about, you know, the heartbreaking aspect of, you know, Jason losing a leg and an eye and the poor kid can't do anything. The other kind of comes from Bruce in this, that in Detective Comics, with the Asriel thing that was going on and then with Zatanna, where Bruce finds out that Tim is out there, that the world's greatest detective cannot figure out how to get his partner back. And the thing that hurts Bruce even more that Tim knows that Batman is going to be out there. And any moment, Batman's going to come through that door. And Batman had no idea. He assumed, like everybody else, Tim was dead the whole entire time. That Bruce says that they even had a funeral for crying out loud. That here is the greatest detective in the world. And he was fooled. Somebody got through all of his systems. And Bruce had no idea. So I I kind of like that in a way that... You know, even Grant Morrison will write the Bat God. You know, that can do no wrong. He's he can get out of every situation. This is one situation that he was completely oblivious to until it was put in front of his lap. And even when he found out that Tim was alive, he has no idea even what to do. So I thought that was a, a cool layer for Bruce that he was so consumed by this that he could not figure out how to get Tim back. Yeah, I loved it seeing Bruce trying to figure this out and, and, and analyzing it because the death of Tim Drake seemed really, really rushed. And then right after he died, like the next issue, I think it was, it was the Monster Men yes. uh, issue. And like there's no mention of Tim Drake. There's no funeral. There's no big thing or usually even the minorest comic book characters in a series like the next issue is this whole big thing and all fallout it was almost like to who's tim drake and then even as the series was going on stephanie brown was really affected by his loss but we didn't see much going on with bruce basically losing a son and so to see this it kind of redeems that part of the storyline and then it's really great bruce going after him in the hospital and then uh, the scene where it's like the title page with the lonely place of living chapter Mm -hmm. three where they hug was really reminiscent to me of the red robin series pre new 52 where bruce was supposedly died and came back and they like hug when they they see each other so i thought that that was a cool callback to that i thought that that was a great scene of this that was the first completed scene darren and ruth sutherland thank you both for being a part of this they have a great show a trucker talk if you remember the trucker comics they just have a great show go check them out they were the first ones to send their parts back so i did the full er scene and then uh, justin kowalski had sent me his batman dialogue so i was able to kind of piece this first scene together in the hospital and where i could go okay I think I can pull this off, but it, hearing everybody deliver their parts is really cool. But Tim, right away, I know we want to have this nice embrace, father and son, but he's got to go, okay, hold on, time out. We, we've got bigger problems. I want to jump in. I know we keep saying we're not going to go page by page on this, but the next page, it's Bet Kane and Catherine Kane talking. I feel like this version of 
like the original version of Batgirl and Batwoman, I am so foggy on. I wish we had Stella here to she could kind of set, set us straight. I thought their conversation was pretty cool. This was kind of the uh, this scene is just in here to kind of show that where it, it's been all this build up for Kate and you know she she's the problem in this whole issue. So you kind of figure out kind of where she's at. Uh, but I do like in the next few pages here that Tim Drake is reintroduced to the whole entire team and everybody is kind of shocked and in awe that Tim is back. But it's we got to get right to business. There's an evil jerk, Tim Drake, running around uh, Gotham City wanting to kill you, Kate Kane. And uh, Tim has no idea what's going on with Spoiler, and you know, he asks about her. And then we go into the section that you talked about. Martinez's art is just beautiful on the Spoiler splash page. This makes me go, yes, Terrence, it should be a poster. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I would love to see Martinez do a Spoiler series. I, I think they both should have got top billing Barros and Martinez in this. The, the art's just amazing. And that Tim, Drake Batman, has to stop in and see Stephanie. Because during his time in the future, uh, Stephanie's not there. So I thought that was uh, a neat little scene. It's so detailed, too. Like, every little thing, like, from the zipper to, like, the shadowing on just, like, the pocket and things in her pocket and the bottom of her shoes and just the buildings. I mean, this looks like... If somebody showed me that and said, yeah, I spent the last three months drawing this, I'd be like, yeah, okay, that that makes sense. That would take take a while. <laughs> right. And it's like, no, this is just one page in a 26-page book that I got out for the month. Like, it's it's really phenomenal stuff. Yeah, you can see, like, all the train cars and even, like, the steps going into the buildings, the bats that are flying around, Stephanie. If you only bought this book because you were a spoiler fan, Ian, you got your money's worth <laughs> yeah. uh, out of this section. It's It's just done so well. I like how when we're going back to the Belfry that Tim is trying to outthink himself and saying, all right, I know I w- if I'm going to come try and kill you, uh, we've got to sequester you. We've got to lock you up because that's what's going on. He's, Tim is reprogramming everything. He's talking to Luke Fox. <laughs> it's kind of a, f- a funny exchange in the dialogue between Clayface and Cassie, or Cassandra rather, that as Tim and Luke are kind of going back and forth with all this techno jargon, Clayface is like, I refuse to believe that those are real words <laughs> that they're using. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Clayface is kind of playing the, you know, a typical actor of it's like, yeah, um, I don't know. So uh, thank you, Rick Shue, for voicing Clayface. Not saying you're not smart, sir, but uh, yeah. he, he played that part uh, very well. And uh, I also like, too, how Tim had come up with the idea of the name Gotham Nice for the team. Yeah. And then I always think of them as kind of like the modern version of the Outsiders. Yeah. This could easily be Batman and the Outsiders. But, yeah, it's kind of a a cool – a throwback to a few times Gotham Knights has been used. There was the Gotham Knights series. There was the the Gotham Knights uh, football team in in the movies and stuff. And I think even in the uh, animated series, animated series yep. they reference teams as the Gotham Knights with a K. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Gotham Knights was a series that I loved getting in the late '90s, early 2000s. It was one actually it was one of my favorite Bat books for a really long time, and I was disappointed when that uh, series eventually got uh, canceled. It was just really cool. Sometimes it tied into the other Bat books, but it was kind of cool that it existed on its own and had really a really great art team. That was the first time where I remember seeing Jay Lee's name uh, mentioned in art. He had this really cool uh, stylistic style. So if you never checked out the Gotham Knights uh, title in the, like again, in the late nineties, early two thousands, uh, go, you owe yourself a favor to check it out. It was a really good series. I think it ran like, 50 issues or something like that it was still 74 74 wow it ran from march 2000 to april 2006 <clears throat> according to wikipedia so thank you very much yeah, <laughs> yeah. very good and that's uh, that's something i have uh, collected all of uh, picking up comics so yeah definitely go check that out it's never been printed in a trade but you can find those in a dollar bin uh, very easy these next couple sections move pretty quick like you said they cram a lot in here and it just moves so darn fast where Batman, now that Tim is back in Gotham City, Bruce Wayne, Batman, and Tim Drake kind of have a moment to kind of think about what's going on. And Bruce stirs this in Tim of like, well, where would you go if your whole world had fallen apart? Where's the one place? Which I can't believe Bruce didn't come to this realization, and maybe it's just he's wanting Tim to come to it. Where would you go? And the 
of course, the first place you would go would be home. Like, what is home like? What's the thing that you miss the most? And Tim Drake, Batman, ends up visiting Alfred, which I think is a really cool, beautiful scene that's played out. But to show you how different this version of Tim Drake is, and it's also kind of sad that Alfred's first time getting to see his long-lost son, as it were, or maybe grandson in this case, is an evil version. And the way that this Tim Drake Batman is trying to come to grips or to, what's the word I'm looking for? Okay, here's my mission. I'm going to say it to you, Alfred. Would you think bad of me if I'm sent here to try and save my future by killing somebody? And of course, Alfred isn't willing to have any part of it. I just thought that was a cool scene. But Alfred knows that's wrong, that, that Tim Drake would not stoop to this level. And we don't get to kind of see that conversation play out anymore because the rest of the Robins show up. But what did you think of that section? Oh, gosh, this is so cool because there's a coloring change and it's got a lot of like purple and lilac and lavender, Mm -hmm. which really is jarring from the rest of the issue. Fantastic art because, you know, it's it's one thing to draw – spoiler jumping from the uh rooftops and make it look cool it's another thing to do facial expressions and he he, martinez does it here too he's like he's he man he hits a home run in this issue i think it's really cool how out it's like calm before the storm like he's not gonna fight alfred alfred is just like tim my boy what happened they hug and he takes the the mask off to show him and you could see once again like he's he's wants to do this and kill batwoman but yet he's he's twisted inside like he's almost asking alfred for permission to be okay and the facial expressions really hammer that home and then their conversation gets cut short by the interruption of nightwing and the red hood and damien gosh this next panel so cool to see batman with a bow staff was so cool (laughs) and then when he says like i i I used to worry about measuring up to you guys and you're you're so young and you know he says but you never measured up where it counts i've been fighting training programs based on each of you in your prime for nearly 15 years you lost this battle the second you decided to engage me and he says alfred now would be a good time to run i need to work out a few chips on my shoulder right here i this is I wanted a whole book or (laughs) I want to know how did he defeat Nightwing? How did he defeat Red Hood? How did he defeat Ace? How did he defeat Damien? Like what did he use to his advantage each step? And you don't really get that. You get the the four of them being like thrown into the Batcave. So I get that it's a four issue series and they had to do what they had to do. But this is this is the one part where I really wish I wish I wish I could have seen more. Yeah, that that was my big takeaway from this too. That he's been training so long. This this is where a, a fifth issue would have, I think, really would have been flushed out. That you could have flashed back to him training in the cave, or maybe they could have done that in '66, where you get the flashback story of Tim Drake Batman. That that was an, a thing that I wanted here, but young Tim Drake Red Robin is trying to come with trying to get his older version of himself like you don't have to do this we're all here we're all family we can we can fix this so we can help you work through whatever it is you're going through the big reveal which kind of goes into future's end a little bit and they've always kind of toyed with this brother eye thing that uh, Lex Luthor and Bruce Wayne have created so that was kind of interesting we got a little bit of nods in the previous issue in 66 of Tim Drake, Batman, talking about Brother Eye, but uh, Jason has a really good line here. Bruce, uh, what the hell did you start? What did you start building? And then Drake, Batman, says, here, let me show you. And the last splash page is Brother Eye being activated. And what a cool shot of Batman being perched, uh, Drake, Batman, being perched on the bat computer with the Brother Eye logo. And you can just see the whites of his eyes. Such a cool cool image so what'd you think about the the end sequence of this and the introduction of brother i i really liked it and if you're making a transcript of this at home spell every time i say i e y e yeah <laughs> there's one thing that annoys me when i read a brother i comic where they're always like i i and they spell it e y e every time i'm like why it's just kind of like oh yeah. yeah but um i've always been kind of confused with brother i in the dc universe because they've 
done it so many times in so many different ways. Right. And I think it was in one of the crisis. Was it Final Crisis or Infinite Crisis? So. Or one of them was all about that. And then when the new 52 came out, they had one of the series was OMAC. Yeah. Uh, but then that didn't last very long. That that only lasted a few issues. And so I, I always kind of like, yeah, what is this Brother Eye thing? And where is it? And what what is it this time? But I did really like um Red Hood's kind of uh, reaction to it of Bruce, what the hell did you start building? And then Tim is like, here, let me show you activate. Uh, and it's a really great cliffhanger because, you know, future Tim Drake, uh, he can't defeat all these, the entire bat team in the bat cave, you know, like, right. but yet he can pull out brother eye and it takes it to a whole other level. And, you know, once again, the, the great thing I'll say about each one of these issues is once you finish the issue, you just can't wait for two weeks to pass. So 14 days come on so you can read it right away as soon as possible. Yeah. Well, we're not going to make you, a listener, wait 14 days. You're only going to have to wait seven to hear the conclusion of the radio drama. I think we've pretty much got our final thoughts <laughs> right here. We're just chomping at the bit to get to the next section. And I think one of the coolest covers uh, that we've seen in Detective Comics is coming up in the next episode. So this is where we're going to leave you, and we'll see you guys next week for the final installment of The Lonely Place of Living. Can you hear the marching? Thanks for listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake podcast. This has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all Batman-related characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, so no infringement is intended by this show. The show is not a good revenue stream. Actually, there's not a stream at all. All music and sound clips are under copyright by their respective copyright holders. So there should be no need to send the Penguin's lawyers after us for ill-gotten gains because there are none. You can get a hold of the show a few different ways. We are on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. You can also email in at RobinELTDPodcast at Yahoo.com. Our Facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash EveryoneLovesTheDrake. And as always, you can message directly over at the BatmanUniverse.net. So email, tweet, or message us. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll read your comments or responses on the show. The show you're listening to can be found a few different ways through iTunes and Windows Media. Also, over at our host, TBU. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there. It'll help spread the word of the show. Make sure you head over to the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care.